All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of Remake Rewind. I'm Mike, as always, with me. I've got my buddy Alex. How are you doing, man? <sighs> you know, not great, to be honest. Is it because of this this movie we're going to be talking about? It sure is. Yeah, I uh, stayed up late to watch. We're, we're covering Space Jam and Space Jam A New Legacy. And prior to this, like nobody would really comment on whether or not this was a sequel or a reboot or what. So we just decided the hell with it. We're just going to cover it. But I stayed up late on Saturday to watch this. And then I helped a friend move on Sunday. And so I'm exhausted. And I'm just like, man, talking about this movie. It's yeah. just not going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Space Jam 1996, that's a classic. And I feel like they they are both bad movies. Like, 96 Space Jam is not a good film. But it, there's something about it. It's, that, it's charming. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you look at the reviews, and, I, and Rotten also, and, Tomatoes surprised me. Sorry. And also, we're exactly the right age for it. Yeah, I was that's a big eight thing. when it came out. Yeah. I feel like if you didn't grow up with, like, the hype of Michael Jordan... Um, it doesn't work as well. No, I and I agree. And this was also right when Looney Tunes was coming back and on all the time. So, like, I grew up watching Looney Tunes. So it was, like, the perfect time for this to come out. And it also just had three or four absolute bangers on the soundtrack. Hell I yeah, believe I can fly, yeah, fly like an eagle, the Space Jam, pump up the jam. Like, the soundtrack just fucking elevated this movie like no other. Quad City DJs, dude. That was my shit. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, I had this on cassette tape. The, the soundtrack yeah. for this. <laughs> I wonder if I had it on CD. I definitely had it. Uh, that and like, the Batman Forever this, soundtrack. This we we covered this on. Uh, I think it was episode four or five of Remake Rewind, almost four years ago, and is still to this day one of our biggest episodes. Got the most amount of people calling in and messaging in, talking about it. And when you look at this online, I would say up until the last like three or four months people love this movie you wouldn't hear anybody talking shit about it online until we started getting these trailers for a new legacy and i think people have kind of retroactively started to go back and say hey maybe it's not a good movie but i mean i still in los angeles see people wearing toon squad jerseys yeah all the time all the time so this obviously was a huge huge hit and you know 25 years later we finally got another version of this movie and we were going to get one a lot earlier but looney tunes back in action bombed at the box office and shook the the industry and we weren't getting any space jam movies for a little bit but uh i'm ready to talk about it i'm gonna i just sent you a synopsis i wrote and can you please summarize this movie for us when the owner of an intergalactic amusement park sees guest satisfaction plummet, he, as a responsible business owner, sends his top employees to come up with new and exciting attractions to revitalize his old park. They embark on an intergalactic and interdimensional journey to bring the Looney Tunes to their amusement park, Moron Mountain, to save their jobs. The Looney Tunes refuse and cruelly challenge these aliens to a game of basketball due to their short stature and ignorance of the game. Eager to prove themselves, they borrow the talent of some of the NBA's greatest players to transform themselves into the Monstars, taking on the name the Toons cruelly gave them. The Toons, realizing their error, abduct former basketball champion Michael Jordan and force him to compete in a basketball game despite his objections and retirement status and a complete different sport that he's involved in now. Michael Jordan must compete to make it home to his family and get back in time for the big game in his new career as a baseball player. So I guess you can cut out the thing I said. No, I'll leave it in. I never, I never should have messed with your, uh, with your writing. I'm sorry. I'll never doubt like, you again. 
my synopsis is technically accurate. It is. <laughs> but it I, totally like paints it in the view as like if the Monstars are the good guys. I'm, I'm picking up what you're laying down. It was very good. I also feel like reading your synopsis reminds me of how similar this is to um, Escape from L.A. with uh, Kurt Russell. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Making him compete in the fucking the shrine. Uh, is it, it's the shrine, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Play basketball. Anyway, I haven't watched that one in a long time. I watched Escape from New York not too long ago, but I skipped L.A. Those are the ones that we should watch, dude. We fuck Space Jam. Let's just watch Escape from L.A. <laughs> and New York. So, I mean, you, you mentioned that this movie isn't good at at the top, and I loved it when I went back and watched it for, for uh, Ruin My Childhood, but that was, you know, four years ago, and I hadn't watched it for probably 10 or 15 years before that. So I'd say when I watched this a few years back, that nostalgia bug was more prevalent and i i was able to overlook a lot of it this time around i i actually did recognize that this isn't a great movie but it still had the nostalgia and i still enjoyed it but certain things like i think just the 2d animation versus the 3d animation of the new one yeah it just felt well better yeah and and i mean this movie uh the new one uh, we'll save this but uh, um in the new one, a huge chunk of the movie takes place in Looney Tune land where LeBron James is 2D, right? Like a yeah. huge chunk of the movie is 2D. But that was like having LeBron be 2D as well was way less interesting to me. I like yeah, the interplay between live action Michael Jordan and the animated um, 2D Looney Tunes. I agree. I, I there was just the one. The, 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 this one just had some charm and also and we're going to get into the new one, but. I, I want to say like the humor is drastically different. Like this one had some low bar, you know, lowbrow humor in it, but there are also some really great wordplay. And, you know, obviously it's dated because this was from the nineties, but had some, you know, pop culture references that were pretty clever and, you know, making fun of some, you know, like Dennis Rodman and stuff like that. And the basketball players whose, whose talents got stolen, you know, they go through this, I, I'd say the 96 one is a little bit more of an adult movie. It has more stuff in it for adults than the newer one. So, you know, there, there's some, you know, sex jokes about performance and everything with the, think, the NBA players. And there's some psychology jokes and everything. Like, I think it's a little smarter than the new one. Yeah, I think it um, weirdly takes itself a little bit more seriously and doesn't like try to talk down to its audience, even though its audience is children. But it's not like dumbing itself down. And I no. feel like the new one. And, and what I like about the old one, too, is that. Michael Jordan is in a cartoon and he becomes a cartoon. That's where the humor is based. In Looney Tunes, you know, uh, not within this movie necessarily, but like Looney Tunes, the old cartoons are funny. You know, it's all yeah. slapstick. It doesn't have to just be for kids. Like it's it's like vaudevillian uh, slapstick and they just make Michael Jordan a part of that. And the new one, it feels like, hey, look, it's LeBron. Isn't that crazy that we drew him as a cartoon? Yeah. And it just kind of ends there. And then they're like, look, it's Superman. And and the 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 Justice League, the superhero yeah, friends or whatever, we'll, we'll isn't that crazy? I've got I've got quite a bit to say about that part, yeah. and I I think I mean, I'm just gonna, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to say save it for the end when we get to the other one. Sure. But I just think generally when you look at the the cameos we got in this one, even though this was '96 and had a much smaller budget, uh, you know, only eighty million, only eighty million for you know 1996 for something crazy. But when you look at this, this movie definitely took bigger swings. You know, an eighty million dollar budget on the Looney Tunes and getting Michael Jordan, who's not an actor. And I have to say, you know, Michael Jordan, I think, did a better performance than LeBron, and he had nobody to really act against. Like he's not an actor. 
He was working against the green screen and pretty much alone for everything. I, I'm surprised like it's as good as it is considering yeah. how new this was. Like this was pretty revolutionary. We really only had this and who framed Roger Rabbit. Now we have a ton of things with a human and a CG characters. I'm, I'm a little bit easier on LeBron in the new one. We'll come back to that. Um, but yeah, I think Mike did a good job. Yeah, I think he did good enough for it. And I think he did exactly what he needed to do. This movie, the the nineties oh, one is I'm also sorry. like you're talking about cameos, and I wanted to comment on that. Yeah, uh, yeah, dude, like Larry Bird and Bill Murray is worth every fucking penny that they paid him. He, he did steals extra. A scene every he was only time. supposed to be in the golf scene, and then he found out what they were doing and wanted to be part of the basketball scene, and that's why yeah. they added it. He killed but it. I and Wayne liked, Wayne Knight too. Wayne Knight. That was at one point they wanted to get um, Michael J. Fox. Chevy Chase and Jason Alexander, and they all turned it down. <laughs> and um, uh, sorry, uh, Danny DeVito as um, whatever the the guy's name is, the CEO, the amusement park owner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Great. Yeah, well, what's great about this movie, and and you kind of brought it up already, where you talked about the new ones, like, oh, look at this character, look at this character. This movie was still meta, but it wasn't just so like up its own ass yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I don't like, know if I've seen a uh, a children's movie that's more up its own ass than Space Jam: A New Legacy. Yeah, like this one. Like they, there's a couple different points where like they Bill Murray just shows up at the end of the day when they need another player to play basketball, and he's just like they're like, "How did you get here?" He's like, "Oh, I know the producer, and it's Ivan Reitman." <laughs> so of course <laughs> they know each other. Yeah. Um, but that's something you kind of have to know about the behind the scenes stuff and I think it's pretty good it's clever and then they also acknowledge that they're Warner Brothers property to me the only thing plot wise that doesn't really make sense like I'll buy the interdimensional shit like Looney Tunes takes place in the center of the earth and I guess every episode is a they're playing live I don't know Kong versus Godzilla yeah (laughs) but the um the only thing that I didn't really understand is they acknowledge and they in- seem to embrace the fact that they're owned by Warner Brothers. Like Daffy Duck has like a Warner Brothers tattoo on his butt. And he's like, we're the sole properties of Warner Brothers and like kisses his own ass. <laughs> and then at the end of the movie, you know, the whole plot of the movie is the Monstars are going to kidnap the tunes and bring them to their amusement park. Why doesn't Warner Brothers just step in and take care of this? They already own them. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question. It's a good question. Yeah. So it's like, you can't just buy these guys. They're intellectual property. Come on, guys. Yeah. But, uh, I didn't realize that Billy West was Bugs Bunny until this time around. Billy West. Oh, um, from Futurama. He's yeah, Doug. Yeah. No right, idea right. that that was yeah. him. That's awesome. I've seen this easily 20 times in my life. Is he, and but he's didn't not recognize he's it. He's not Bugs in the new one. No, he's not. Yeah. I mean, but I thought that was interesting. I, Billy West is in all kinds of shit. Oh, prolific voice actor. Yeah. And I generally can pick him out of any. I'm like, oh, that's Doug. Yeah, but I I don't I know like, how I didn't realize it until this time around. Well, I feel like Bugs Bunny has um has a specific voice and he's doing Bugs Bunny. He does a pretty good job. Yeah, so it's hard to hard to pick someone out like that. In any anything that you want to really uh, talk about on this one, I I feel like everybody you know, who's listening to this has seen it. Yeah, I also and they either love it or they hate it. But I don't have anything specific to bring up. It's just like it's campy and it's enjoyable and it's you know and not, it's quick. Yeah, and that's that's such a. I know we talk about that frequently. Having a movie that's an hour and a half or an hour forty minutes uh, does you so many favors versus what was this two hours and fifteen minutes or something? Yeah, two two oh four two two hours and five minutes. The new one. Yeah, two oh five. Like that's bananas. And how like, do you think that you can stretch could, that premise for that long? And it would be fine if the pacing was good. Like this movie, like it rips. So like if you were to go beat by beat, it's like 
1960s Michael Jordan as a child and introducing him as a you know a famous ball player with a montage basketball player with a montage and then it's set up the aliens set up Looney Tunes abduct Michael Jordan yeah. he has one practice and then it's the big game it's quick and to that point Michael's family is in the movie but only as much as they need to be to motivate him you know yeah. what I mean like they're his family is basically two-dimensional characters and that's totally fine because the focus of the movie is Michael set uh, getting Bugs the Looney Bunny. Tunes to, and Bugs Bunny getting their team together and Michael getting his mojo back you know what I mean like his family only needs to be in his orbit whereas with this movie they made um lebron's kid dom uh <laughs> it's the same name as dom toretto uh they Family. made lebron's kid like um front and they side. made him a, yeah and they made him a three-dimensional character which like sounds like a great thing but if uh your your actors can't pull it off or you don't really give them enough to to do and to we'll, warrant that we'll get it to work. it in the story in a it second a like is it it, it drags, but I, I don't think we need to spend a ton of time on this one. Everybody yeah. who's listening to this has either seen it and they either love this movie or they hate it. It's, I personally had a blast watching it again. I recognize it's not a good movie, but I had fun watching it. Yeah, it's fun. And uh, do you want to talk for a second about good versus fun? Because like The Room is terrible. That is not a good movie, but it right. is so much fun to watch. I think and it, I, what it comes down to is it's something that you're not like I didn't pick up my phone other than to jot down a few notes. But it's like if you can sit there and watch it and not be bored and have you know a, a few good little chuckles in it like there's enough in here that's funny and i thoroughly enjoyed it i didn't feel i didn't feel like i wasted any time and i think that's what yeah. it comes down to like and there's certainly this an ar- over there's certainly an argument that if something is fun then it is good yeah and mm-hmm. i and like there's like you mentioned the room like that's so bad that it's good it circles around like if you enjoy something then it's good and you look at i was surprised looking at the rotten tomatoes on this like the critic score was like 44% and fans were only 63. That surprised me at how low the fan score was. Hmm. But that still means the majority of people gave it a positive yeah. score. And that's, I, I, I think there's so many things that this did right. And it came out at the right time, like you said. I think if this came out any other time, I probably wouldn't have done as well. And they tried to do sequels so that they were going to do a Tiger Woods golfing one. They were going to yeah. do a Jeff Gordon race car one. They actually paid Tony Hawk a million dollars. Hell yeah. For Skate Jam. And he yeah. they had it all set up. He had a meeting. They paid him. He was supposed to go to Australia, film a cameo for a movie, and then come back and start um, getting in production for this pre-production and working on the story and whatnot. And during that two weeks that he was in Australia, the, uh, Looney Tunes back in action just bombed. And so they canceled the whole thing. They should have done it. At Yeah, they were going to do it in like 2000. That Tony was Hawk, like peak Tony, Tony Hawk. Hawk is still a bankable. I mean, even now, though, he's still a bankable uh yeah whatever people still love tony hawk by yeah. the way those movies were going to be called uh golf jam and race jam and then skate jam yeah obviously <laughs> um yeah man <laughs> all right should we move on let's yeah let's go let's move on what have you been up to bud um the last time we did this was captain america right yes okay um i revisited talladega nights which still rips um Anaconda from also from 97, <laughs> which also fucking rips. Um, Smoke and Aces with Jeremy Piven. I like Smoke and Aces. I do too, man. I, I listened to a podcast with Joe Carnahan, um, who wrote and directed that. And um, he's just an entertaining guy. Like he's fun to listen to. And they talked a lot about that movie. And um, I rewatched Entourage recently, recently as you know. Um, so I kind of wanted to get some more of my Piven fix. And it just got me excited for Smoke and Aces. So I'm back and watched that. And that was a lot of fun. Um, 
We should get Joe Carnahan to come on the show. That'd be cool. There was a point where he was going to do a Daredevil movie, and for whatever reason, Fox rejected his pitch, and then just gave it back to Marvel. Is that... Okay, so that's uh, post-Alexi Alexander? Did I say Punisher? No, I said Daredevil. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. She did Punisher. She did Punisher. But that's... So, yeah, uh, post-Ben Affleck. Yeah. Okay. Um, I watched the Tomorrow War, the new thing with Chris Pratt on Amazon. It looks terrible. It's so bad, man. Um... I gave it two and a half stars, and even thinking about that now, it feels too high. Everybody I know who watched it was just like, I don't get what this was going for. It was just mashing like every sci-fi property, and it just wasn't good. I saw the the thing that you posted on your Instagram story made me laugh, like the acting that? choice. I don't remember what it was, but it was like clip of oh, like, yeah. <laughs> Chris, Chris Pratt reacting to something. He's just Chris like, Pat- what? Chris Pratt is having like a very serious conversation with his estranged father, and his dad is like, you know, you're, you're ungrateful. I did everything for you. And Chris Pratt slams the desk and goes, what? <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> like, yo, the director didn't have uh, the, the grit to say, hey, Pratt, could you take that again, please? And pronounce the word correctly. <laughs> Maybe that was the best one. <laughs> I'm saying I think Pratt was throwing his fucking dick around and they wouldn't do the take again because he sounds like Hot Rod. <laughs> Quisky. Speaking of Hot Rod. Uh, you, I know you mentioned you watched that a couple episodes back. Yeah. Uh, I watched that this week, this this last week, and I had fun with it. Yeah, it's great. Had you yeah, never seen it's, it? No, I, I'd seen it, but it's been a long time. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, I think that. But time. I went back and revisited. It It was fun. It's like it's like uh, Napoleon Dynamite. It's like a time capsule of that. See, period. I hate Napoleon Dynamite, but I'm just, I liked Hot Rod. I don't mean that it's literally like Napoleon Dynamite. I mean that no, it's, that's what you uh, meant. Time it's literally what you period. said. It's literally Napoleon Dynamite. So anyway, I also watched Black <laughs> Widow. We talked about that. Um, I watched Filmage, the story of Descendants slash All. Do you know the those bands? I mean, I know the Descendants. Yeah. Descendants. So Descendants is the same group of guys. Uh, but Milo, their singer, um, went to grad school and became a doctor. And he just kind of dropped in once in a while to do a record as Descendants. But then the rest of them uh, cycled through like five singers um, calling themselves All, but never hit the same peaks that the Descendants mm. hit. So it's kind of a... Uh, documentary about the history of the band that was pretty cool um revisited dodgeball as well i love that movie yeah, it's so good man um and then space jam new legacy oh we started watching um the white lotus have you seen that on hbo i don't even know what that is never heard so of it. it's uh created and directed by i'm pretty sure it's directed by mike white um wow. who, who did school of rock um among amongst other things and it's uh, it all takes place at this like upscale Hawaiian um, hotel resort, and there's a group. There's Who's like in it. That sounds more familiar now. As soon as you said resort, yeah. So there's uh, a, there's like five different groups of guests that are the stories focus on. Um, one of them is Jennifer Coolidge of Christopher Guest movie fame. Um, Connie Brighton is the mother of uh, yeah, and she plays kind of a, a tech CEO person, um, and her husband is Steve Zahn. Oh, I love Steve Zahn. Yeah, one of my favorite like underrated actors. And that thing you do is one of my favorite movies ever. You'll have to when we've been on almost a year hiatus for Ruin My Childhood, but when we come back, um, that thing you do has been on our our oh, list. But when we do that, we'll bring you on. I'll talk about that all day. I love that movie, dude. The theme of the show generally is like an exploration of uh, anxiety and like neuroses in in modern America and uh how that plays into like class differences and stuff it's just kind of like an interesting character study of these like disparate groups of people um 
And it's also like the way that it's, uh, it's hard to describe it. Like the way that it plays out and the way that it's edited and scored, um, is very uncomfortable, like almost uncut oh, gems level uncomfortable. Like it's building okay. tension, but it's also just people talking. Um, huh. So it's fascinating. I'm I'm really fucking into it. I think it's it's on it's HBO. Only two, it's going to be solid. Yeah, it's either two episodes or three episodes right now. Okay, I might um, check that one out. But I'm hooked on that. Uh, I'll just rapid fire through some of these. Uh, so Hot Rod, I already mentioned. I just watched that late one night and I enjoyed it. Um, I got a projector, which you can see on the video sitting behind me. I've had to take it down. <laughs> Looks like you're having got, some trouble with it. Yeah, I got like the screen that I got was not originally like it was nowhere near the dimensions that it said. So I had to like move the projector back and it still didn't work. So I returned one screen and got a new screen. And then Katrina hated the mount that came with the projector that I got. So then I had to go buy a new projector mount and remount it again. And it's still not quite right. So I need to move it back another like six inches or so. And then it should be good. It's really funny that you say that because my friend Fabian, who uh, worked with Katrina and I on my, my college short film, uh, literally just texted me and said that she installed the projector. No, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's been my ba- I've always wanted a projector set up. Finally, you know, I got this for like 25 bucks on Facebook market and it's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a pretty solid one. Like this was one of like the upper level Epsons that you can get in like 2012. So it's, it's an older one, but it's plenty good for what I'm using it for. Yeah. And it's been a, a nightmare, but eventually it'll be up and running. It'll be worth it. But while I was testing it, I just picked a random thing on Netflix and it happened to be Austin Powers. And uh, I ended up really enjoying it. So really the la- like the last week and a half, like it's not a great movie, but it still just has that nostalgia and there's some clever I, jokes in it. But I ended up watching all three Austin Power movies over the last week. Oh, no week. shit. I feel yeah. like I revisited the first one a few years ago and I was okay with it. Um, but I remember not being able to make it through the third one. You know, honestly, they're all equal quality. Really? And we did we did all three Austin Powers on one episode and Re- uh, ruined my childhood, which is gone mysteriously stopped working, and it's the only episode that somehow missed a backup. But we covered all three movies in one episode, and that was the same consensus I came to, you know, three four years ago that they're all equal quality. I might be willing to rewatch those for a uh, for a Patreon episode. Yeah, it was. Um, I, I enjoyed watching all three, so I ended up watching all three. Um, I'll watch all three Shreks. For All Mankind, I, yeah. I mentioned previously that I started watching based off your, your recommendation, but I finished it. And uh, after episode three, like it took it takes like two or three episodes to get in and really like get going. And then you hit episode five and then it just doesn't stop ratcheting up, <laughs> like ratcheting up the whole time. Like it was so good. Yeah, I feel like you're talking about the first uh, three episodes of the first season, like literally the Correct. first three. Yeah, I feel like I've seen other people say this online and I think it's... Um, I think it's accurate. I think the first three episodes feel very much like they're just doing kind of um, Mad Men. Like it's, it feels like a boys club and it feels yeah. like the women aren't going to have a voice in this show. And that kind of sucks, but they're doing it very purposefully because the rest, and of, then the, it just the, rest of the whole series like deals with all of that stuff very no, it's head on. Fantastic. Like honestly, the end of season two is so good that I almost wish it didn't have that sting. Now, granted, it ended up getting um, signed up for or it's, it got greenlit for a third season. But, like, the season two finale was perfect. Like, if yeah. they just ended it there and said, no, we're done, I would have been like, fucking A. Like, just bravo. You guys did it. Uh, no, I, do... I, I cannot recommend it highly enough. You and I were joking. I made a joke that I wanted to make another podcast all for <laughs> for all mankind. And, like, I was only half joking. Like, I almost wanted, like, when season three There's... comes around, I almost want to do it. I listened to a couple of them, uh, a couple of other ones online, because I just I wanted more information from the show. So there's a couple out there. I think we could do it, having listened to them. Um, 
And it, maybe that'd be a good idea when the next season premieres. That's what we I was could, thinking. We could start going episode by episode and then like review some of the old ones in between or something. Yeah. No, I think I, I'd almost want to go, okay, there's 20 episodes and start 20 weeks before yeah, yeah, the yeah. new episodes That's start. Right. And then by the time the episode starts, just go. Uh, but yeah, I cannot recommend it enough. I, I didn't bring up the video game thing. Uh, I bring them up every once in a while, but um, I started I started Red Dead Redemption 2 over. I got I started playing it years ago and I got stuck out in the wilderness and decided I to never, replay it. I never got into it. I've always wanted to. I like um, Rockstar. Red, the first Red Dead is easier. Uh, so Red Dead Redemption is I think is a more fun game because it's less mechanic heavy. Like the newer one you have to, even though it's a prequel, you have a lot, like you have to feed your horse and you have to brush your horse and you have to maintain your horse's health and you have to maintain your health. So it definitely has like a learning curve before it gets fun. But I, I, it's, it's definitely a fantastic, one of the greatest games ever made. And then, uh, Loki, uh, we haven't talked too much about Loki. Um, we talked a lot about Falcon winter soldier and we talked a lot about, um, uh, a WandaVision. And then we kind of think I think Loki's the best of the three. I agree, but I think we just didn't talk about it as much because we didn't want to do the same, get kind of caught up in all the fan theories <laughs> like we did in the first two shows, and so we didn't. But uh, I was pleasantly, you know, I'm not going to spoil it, but I was pleasantly surprised. Like with the ending I predicted from like before the show even started was what ended up happening. So I was very happy with uh, how it yeah. went. Yeah, I, we'll keep it spoiler free. I was surprised. Um, that the last episode did what it did, uh, but pleasantly surprised. I thought, I guess I can't really get into it without spoilers. I didn't think that that's the way it was going to go. I, I, I really thought that's, it. you know, that was what I predicted before we, like based off the first trailer and mm-hmm. I really wanted it and we got it. And I, I was very happy that we got what we got, but that's not what we're talking about. Let's get into space jam and new legacy. Uh, spoilers. Of course, if mm-hmm. you haven't uh, watched this yet, although there's not much to spoil, but if for whatever reason you're spoiler, you're trying to avoid it, whatnot, um, this is on on uh, HBO Max. You can watch it right now. You don't have to go and pay to see it. So it's really easy. So stop, go watch it, come back, whatever. But uh, spoilers, and I'm gonna put the spoiler music that uh Alex did for yes. uh, Black Widow in. <laughs> it's gonna be in the edit. All right, are you ready for the spoiler song? Spoiler. Spoiler. They're coming to get you. And they're going to spoil you. Spoilers. I guess I'll summarize this one real, real quickly. Um, so essentially, it's Space Jam again. But this version, you have uh, LeBron James and his son Dom get sucked into the Dom serververse. James. Which if I were writing this, I would have just called it the serverse, not serververse. That's... <laughs> Awkward and clunky, but whatever. Uh, but they get abducted by Algae Rhythm, or Algorithm, played by Don Cheadle. Why Don? Why? Uh, because <laughs> it's so stupid. LeBron James upset this algorithm because the algorithm came up with this putting all the Warner Brothers IP into one server. And then they were going to use his algorithm where you could scan a person in and then digitally insert them into any movie. And they wanted LeBron James to do that because he's one of the biggest uh, social media stars. And so they could make infinite money by inserting LeBron James into any Warner Brothers movie. And LeBron James was like, that's stupid. So Algae Rhythm abducts him and his son and forces him and his son to play a 
video game basketball against each other. But basically, he pulls like Hook from the movie Hook and like kind of like plays up like I could be your new dad because your dad sucks and I'm gonna like you <laughs> give you I'm just gonna tell you how great you are and just be the father you wish you had and then I'll uh, just kind of use you against your own dad and uh, yeah that's pretty much the movie <laughs> and and we should say uh, LeBron is trying to push his son into basketball but the son actually wants to play wants to create video games and LeBron just like doesn't doesn't understand that an algae rhythm is kind of like i'm going to encourage you to uh, to make your own video games blah 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 and then the game the, the big game the space jam that takes place in the third act is based on dom's video game so lebron has to play his son He's out of his element in his own game that his son's built yeah so i think the biggest thing turn off to me um every trailer for this movie looked horrendous and this movie had a bunch of controversies so the first controversy was the I yes. will say I was not a hundred percent like I, I went into this relatively hopeful. I didn't think it was going to be great, but I didn't hate the trailers. I knew there was a really good chance that it wasn't going to be good. You but hated I the first trailer. You and I had a conversation about the first trailer. Well, I I it was long enough past during the pandemic that I forgot okay. about it because I went enough. in with um you know a relatively positive mindset. So, just to kind of set this up, like with this movie mind. did thirty million dollars. And so we brought this up in our Black Widow exclusive. Like Warner Brothers is trying to claim that this is a hit, did 30 million, but it's also on HBO Max, which is free. But you still can't compare it to to what Black Widow did. But Warner Brothers is trying to paint which this as a success. Which is what 80 million? It did 80 million plus 60 million on on Disney Plus. So really it was a 140 million dollar opening, but they're not calling it a 140 million dollar opening. Yeah. So I still think that Black Widow's getting the shaft on that. But this movie, $30 million, which is, you know, for a kid's cartoon is not bad. But, you know, this isn't doing anything crazy. Um, but this movie had its share of controversies before it came out. So, you know, the trailers were kind of, yes. <laughs> Sorry, when I raise my hand, I don't mean to, like, cut you off immediately. Okay. It's just, like, when you're ready. Okay. Um, but uh, now that we're paused, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just going to say... Uh, the movie didn't do very well, which is funny because it's literally the opposite of what the movie is saying about LeBron James. You know, right? Like Algie right. Rhythm is saying LeBron James can be in any movie and he'll make it instantly a hit. And then WB puts him in a movie that should be a hit based on the property. And it's like not. And I, this movie has some meta stuff like that I really want to talk about. But I just want to bring up a few things that we'll get in the movie. So this movie had its controversies. The trailers were just nobody liked the trailers like they, they these were ripped across the Internet. And then they had the um, the Lola Bunny thing where, like, people online were pissed because they made her less sexy. But, like, all the sexy photos they were showing were not from the original Space Jam. They were, like, fan art photos. So people yeah. were like, oh, social justice warrior thing. And then, like, oh, you put Zendaya in so you can be PC. And it's like, it's a voice. And, like, Lola is iconic to an extent. What but is it's not PC like, about putting Zendaya in? I don't know. That's she's but, a person that's of what, color? That and because she's a millennial and blah, blah, blah. But all these people online were like making like, oh, there's being they want so to be Catherine Hahn. Right. But like you go back and like there's certain characters that are like, like Bugs Bunny. Everybody can do a Bugs Bunny impression. Everybody knows Daffy Duck. They can't necessarily do the voice. Porky Pig. Like some of these Looney Tunes characters, everybody can do an impression of. But like do a Lola Bunny impression. This is something we were talking about. Um, Scarlett and I were talking about during the movie. Like Lola Bunny doesn't have... A, a memorable voice she's a character right. and that's fine but she doesn't like she's not bugs bunny she's not porky pig she doesn't have a voice so you can kind of she's put not sylvester she's not even daffy duck like yeah 
she's been voiced by a bunch of different people and a bunch of different things. And like, she sounds like I watch these movies a day apart and she sounds honestly not that different from the original. It's fine. Like she is who, who the movie needs her to be. It's totally fine. Yeah. So that, that was what controversy the trailer. And then uh, Pepe Le Pew, because of all the Me Too stuff was taken out, which. But Whatever. meanwhile, they put in the fucking droogs from Clockwork Orange. Right. Amongst and other people. And technically, you know, they, there's a lot of people. They have Pennywise. Yeah. Who eats children. Yeah. And like in It, not in the movies, but like the book It, like there's a ton of child sex in that book. It's yeah. fucking weird. So there's a lot and, of weird and, shit. And if anybody isn't, uh, hasn't seen Clockwork Orange, uh, the guys that are in the movie rape and beat the shit out of at least one woman, multiple people. Uh, yeah. It's, it's pretty gnarly. It was an odd choice. Yeah. Uh, but so, yeah, those were some of the controversies. You know, and since you brought up brought up Clockwork Orange, I want to bring up how distracting Dude, all I, these pop culture. Literally were. looking at that note on my screen right now that let, let's circle around back to it. But the last third last act of the movie is uh, the basketball game. And the crowd is made up of all these random WB characters. And I could not focus on the basketball game for the life of me. No. So basically the plot we already kind of went through it but what i also didn't like about this movie was it was so it, it what's funny about this is michael jordan had in the previous movie had his little montage to build up that he's like one of the greatest basketball players ever mm-hmm. but in the space jam movie unlike the actual michael jordan in real life like the real life michael jordan is a smug asshole and he's like super like self-important but in the movie space jam He's telling the 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 tunes like, "Hey, let's have fun." Like, "Hey, I haven't played basketball in a long time. I'll do my best." But he's pretty humble in the Space Jam movie because it's a kids movie. This movie it starts with LeBron James as a child being told, "You shouldn't play video games because you're the greatest basketball player that I have ever coached, and you are a once in a generation talent, and you're gonna be the greatest basketball player ever." By and Avon then the Parkstale. whole yeah, and then every time like. Everyone's like, you're the greatest. Al- even Algie Rhythm is like, he's the greatest. LeBron James is constantly talking about like, I'm the greatest basketball player ever because I put in the work. You're my son. You got to be the greatest basketball player. You want to challenge me to basketball? He's not humble in this at all. Yeah. And that kind of brings me around. Like, I think by the uh, by the 20 minutes or halfway through the movie, I didn't have a problem with LeBron's character so much. Like he became much more likable later on in the movie. But the first scene where we're introduced to adult LeBron, he's like chastising his kid for uh, not being good enough at basketball and having like a little bit of fun. And it's such a weird way to introduce that character. Like, don't you want me to, to like this guy? Why isn't there a scene before that where it's like, Oh, LeBron's a hard worker, but he's a good guy and blah, blah, blah. And then the next scene is, Oh, he's kind of like tough on his kid though. Okay. Well maybe I see where he's coming from, but also like that's tricky. Yeah. And, and like he does realize like they do early on show him putting an effort where he goes up and he sees the kid building the video game that he's, you but know, that's he like, made and that's like 20 minutes later. Like the first scene is LeBron being an asshole. Yeah. No, no, you're right. But then he, his, his mom or his wife is like, Hey, like you should be nicer, like show an interest. So he goes and tries to show an interest in the game. Right. But like that scene of him playing the video game with the son was just like over the top acting it was terrible. But then he's also like, Hey, I just got invited to Warner brothers. They want to give me this movie pitch. You want to come? And the son's like, yeah, gee, dad, I'd, I'd love to go to Warner brothers with you. And then LeBron shits on everybody at Warner brothers. He's just like, 
actors should never or athletes should never be in movies. It's terrible. He was in yeah. Trainwreck and he was in Littlefoot already. It's like this isn't like his first movie. It's weird that he's kind of like shitting on actor athletes being actors when he's done it already. And it's this yeah, it's movie. like a, it's like meta, but also tone deaf. Yeah, or just like yeah, like weirdly misguided. Also weird in that scene is um him Glenn and his kid from Walking Dead. Him and yeah, him and his kid also just have an argument in front of these strangers in a professional setting. You know what yeah. I mean? Like the kid is old enough that he should know better, but LeBron really should know better. It's so weird that they like get into it. Yeah. Like yeah. specifically the, um, the kid is like, Oh, I'm not, you know, they've been talking about going to a basketball camp and the kid like hasn't told LeBron yet that he doesn't want to go. He wants to go to this video game camp instead. And the kid chooses that meeting to be like, Oh, I'm not going to the basketball camp that I said I was going to. I'm going to the video game camp. And then LeBron chooses that moment to be like, Oh, you're not doing that. And yeah, you, you know, can blah, be like, blah, we'll blah, discuss like, this later. It. Yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, well, we'll talk. We haven't figured that out. We'll talk about that later. Anyway, back to the the, the executives at Warner Brothers that are sitting here. Yeah. And so, like, the meeting is a bit, essentially what we talked to Algae Rhythms like, hey, I'll put you into movies. And then he, LeBron James is like, that's the worst idea I've ever heard. Why are you wasting my time with this? And then all the executives are like, yeah, our algorithm's stupid. Yeah, and it feels like WB is just doing a ton of like weird cell phones in this movie, right? Because the it's kind of a movie about how WB is like a soulless corporation that's devoid of ideas. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And then, so just to kind of start moving forward, Alge- Algae Rhythm, and this like a lot of this stuff doesn't make sense. Like I, I could not understand. He's truly he's just slighted. That's yeah, it. what Algae Rhythm really wanted to have happen. So he. Yeah. Through hacking all the stuff in Warner Brothers, gets them to go into the server room, um, LeBron and his son Dom, and then uses a Tron laser to beam them into the server, right? Mm-hmm. Like, n- there's no explanation as to how he did that or that he could do that. Like, he just does it. Like, they're vaporized or whatever, but they're beamed into the serververse. Yeah. And it's weird because there's like this side plot. Where where Algae Rhythm is trying to be like a father to Dom, like he there's a flashback scene when he's talking about the development of his video game. He's like, yeah, my dad brought me to like the All Star game, and I like I put this thing on my phone. I made an app where I can scan my dad's friends who are also basketball players, so I can use them as avatars in my video game. And Algae Rhythm was like, wait, what? You did that? Oh, I need that app. And he has like his little like robot assistant like steal the app so they can do that. But it's like he's already done that before. Yeah, exactly. And also, now that we're talking about it, I'm realizing there's there's a couple moments where Al G Rhythm is like, um, oh, I know a lot about you, Dom. Like, I know a lot about your life. I know that your dad doesn't believe in you and this and that. How does he know that shit about Dom? But he doesn't know that Dom created an app that can scan people digitally just using the camera. Yeah. And that becomes the crux of the movie at the end. And I thought this was kind of a bullshit twist at the end of the movie. But essentially, Al G Rhythm is like, okay, well... LeBron, if you beat me in a basketball game, I'll let you and your son go. And like he's having this conversation separate from the son. And then to the son, he's like, dude, your dad like challenged me to a basketball game and like he doesn't believe in you. So you should help me beat your dad and kind of put him in his place. Uh, And then at the end of the movie, like when the game is about to start, Algier is like, oh, by the way, I scanned anybody who looked at your Instagram feed into the the server verse and if you don't win the game all these people are stuck in the server verse forever and the looney tunes are going to get deleted like completely changing the stakes of yeah. the game like and, it doesn't make any sense 
but it's also like i still just don't get why how he was able to why he needed dom's app to do that when he could just do it already why does it the algorithm have a sense of um like a like a twisted moral compass where he's like well listen if you win i'll keep my word and i'll let you like why who cares you scanned him in you got what you want already yeah why do you need them to participate in anything yeah like just force him and so then this is where the movie like they've talked about this before and you didn't see too much of it in the trailer other than like them being in the matrix universe for a little bit but essentially with the help of bugs bunny they steal marvin the martian's ufo because he ends up in tune world and everybody left because algae rhythm tricked all the looney tunes into being able to go into other properties and in in this uh version of the wvu wb universe all of the different properties and all the different ip are different planets or like uh yeah planets or whatever within the um the galaxy of wb properties so you, there's like a game of thrones planet and a batman super i guess dc planet a matrix a harry potter yeah. uh, a lot of a lot of matrix references which made me wonder like who's this movie for well and mad max world and like mad yeah. max they were painted over they painted over tom hardy which i read that he didn't he did, want his likeness yeah. in this so they just painted him over like a cartoon which, pirate another kind of thing another fucking point for tom hardy being the coolest fucking yeah guy. so he eventually like essentially he goes to Bugs Bunny and Bugs Bunny's like, Oh, I'll help you build a team. And Bugs Bunny wants to get all the Looney Tunes so he can bring his family back together. And LeBron wants to go to all the different worlds and pick the best characters. So he makes like this list, like I'm Which get is a Superman. much better idea. Oh, it is. And so this is where I think they could have done something interesting. So essentially they go they only go to like one other planet. They go to DC World and try to get Superman, but like da- um, Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny like fuck up a rescue. And Superman and Batman and all the Justice League are like, no, we're not going to help you. Daffy Duck is in DC World pretending to be Superman. Superman. And yeah, he's Super it, Duck. Porky Pig is Batman. Somebody no, Porky Batman. Pig. No, um, Porky Pig was Jimmy Olsen. I don't understand why they're pretending to be these superheroes who actually exist in that world. In that universe, no, it didn't make any sense. So I thought initially what I thought was going to be because like they mentioned that the whole premise of the movie or getting LeBron win was like, you would slot LeBron in for any character. So LeBron could be Batman or LeBron could fight Batman, whatever. Uh, so I thought like algae rhythm lured the other characters and be like, Oh, you can go be Batman. And you know, that would have been interesting if like Batman was gone and Daffy yeah. duck was the new Batman or the Superman, yeah. or, but that wasn't the case. Like these, all the other superheroes did exist. And so, immediately after they're just like okay well we're just gonna get looney tunes now and we're gonna go to all the different worlds and we're gonna see the grandma in the matrix world and speedy gonzalez in the matrix world and for whatever reason wonder woman was on her own planet as opposed to being in the dc one i think yeah. it was a comic universe versus the movie or cartoon universe yeah to get lola and then it's just like okay we're gonna do the looney tunes what i thought it would have been more interesting is if they spent a little bit more time with um uh lebron's plan like he went to you know have a meeting with superman and bugs bunny kind of like undercuts him and does something to kind of foil it because what ends up happening is right before the game starts uh they're getting they get in an argument and lebron's kind of like screw you guys but then like the timer runs out he has like 24 hours to assemble his team but right as he gets in an argument with the tunes the timer runs out. I think it would have been more interesting if he really tried to go after all these other IP people and Bugs was like undercutting him because he really wants to get the family back together and they just have to begrudgingly work together and then they, during the course of the game, they come together. But that's not what it was. It was just like they set up this like 
possible antagonistic relationship and then it doesn't do anything. Yeah. And, and to your point, I think it would have even been interesting for LeBron to succeed in putting together his Superman, Iron Giant, uh, Mad Max, King Kong. Or whoever team. And like, yeah, King Kong. And like, let us see a practice with that team. And then have, you know, that trope where like, oh, this, I got exactly what I want. It's going to go perfectly. And then something happens to erase all of that. And he gets or, stuck with the Looney Tunes. Or they're all alpha male kind of thing. And they can't, where they're all used to being the star. Yeah, and they can't work that's together. Good. So they need the tunes who are used to working to, as a team or something. Like, yeah, that would have been interesting. Yeah. But that's not what we got. And then we got the basketball game. And I felt like um, Bugs Bunny was being really selfish, too, when he was yeah, trying Bugs to just Bunny assemble was a, a team with his friends. Like, I know he wants to rescue his friends, and that's cool. But he's also, like, undermining uh, LeBron's plan to get all of these people who would be great to help him uh, get his son back. Yeah. Like, why didn't they just have a conversation? Yeah. And, like, it would have been, like, maybe he had another... He had a, a a bet with algae rhythm or something like they they had a bone the bones and the skeleton of what could have been an interesting plot but they just like undercut everything because they're just like they wanted to have their Tron slash Ready Player One and it didn't deliver and I think what really hurt this movie was they clearly didn't want to pay the actual celebrities who were in these movies prior for their likeness because what I found to be really distracting we kind of teased teed this up earlier. Because when you get into the game, the person that was most distracting to me was Mr. Freeze. Because mm-hmm. uh, it was Mr. Freeze from Batman and Forever None in his of them robe. looked like any of the fucking... Well, it act, took me a uh, minute. And the only reason I realized it was Mr. Freeze and not just some random character was because he was standing next to not Danny DeVito, but Danny DeVito's portrayal mm-hmm. of Penguin. I'm like, oh, and there's, a, there's Catwoman. But you didn't see them initially, but it was like... None of them were the actual actors. They were all just the characters, but they were like... They didn't- it was like cosplayers. They didn't even get actors that looked like it, though. No. Like, Arnold Schwarzenegger has a very specific frame. And, like, it would be forgivable if you just got a guy that's huge and bald. You know yeah. what I mean? But but they got, like, the fucking guy down at my gym down the street. Yeah. You know? And he's got one muscle. It was muscle weird because they focused. They had the, these characters right behind Algie Rhythm, who was, like, the coach of that team, the, the bad guy team. And so we just kept seeing these people over and over again. And then you also mm-hmm. saw, like, knockout. Like, these all looked like... You go to the flea market and get knockoff action figures of, yeah. of like characters. Was, right. Yeah, it was super distracting. And then like they also like and, turned all the cartoons into CG versions, and so like mm-hmm. they lost like we saw the Flintstones and Scooby Doo as like CG rendered people versus cartoons. And I kind of think it took away the charm. Yeah, hundred percent. And just about the cosplayers, um, also like from. Um, from more of a uh, cinematography perspective, I guess, from a more of a filmmaking perspective, like not talking about how um, inauthentic those characters look. It was just distracting to have a sea of faces that aren't like, they don't feel like they're in the background. No. They're as evenly lit as everything that's happening in the foreground. And then the foreground is this, it's not even basketball. It's a video game version of basketball. So it's like NBA Jam where we don't understand the rules. There's all these crazy power-ups and you can jump across the entire court and the points don't make any sense, like a thousand to nothing for a moment. Um, And you're trying to focus on all of these different things. And visually, it's just... uh, It's a mess. Vomit. It's just vomit in front of you. And I couldn't focus on anything. Obviously, you knew they were going to come back and win. But it it was too fast. Where I think like what the first Space Jam did is... Obviously, they were like losing by a lot. But then they came together with the team. And it was believed... Like there was a message behind how they came back. It's like, 
oh, we can be Looney Tunes and win in the original one. And like, we, you just need to believe in yourselves. It was more about believing in yourselves because they were doing Looney Tune antics the whole time. This yeah. one, they were trying to be like LeBron. And then finally he was like, oh, just be yourselves after like they kind of chastised him. And then they, they start to win. But there was no rhyme or reason to like they, they got the same amount of points like that, which took yeah. the, the bad guy team an entire half to get. They got in like a quarter. Yeah, it's just like it needed to happen for the story, so it happened. And then like the end is like heartwarming and everything. Like at the end, um, they're they're about to tee off for the last quarter, and you know LeBron's like stop. Like he gets the ball and then he just like freezes and he looks at his son and he's like, "Man, son, this video game you made is pretty rad, and I really love you." And like the whole time, like they're playing against each other, and the whole time the son is really trying to just dominate his dad, and it's his world and everything. And he's been led to believe the whole time by Algie Rhythm that like his dad wants to beat him and he wants him to fail. And it's like they never have a conversation at all, like in between plays or before the game starts or anything like that. It's just like they they play it like uh, they're estranged brothers who haven't spoken in 50 years and they don't know what the other one's thinking. It's like you guys were hanging out a day ago. Yeah. And so it's like at the end of the game he just freezes and is like, Hey son, I'm really proud of you. And like, you did your best and everything. And I just want you to be happy. And like this whole, like the game is running and like the bad guy team doesn't do anything just to like steal the ball from him. Like they just let him have this heart to heart and then Dom switches, but there's only switches team, but there's only 10 seconds left. And then Don Cheadle's just like, Oh, I can change the rules whenever I want. Like they score. And then like, he just pulls the score away and then they have to use a glitch to, uh, and freeze the game so that way they don't lose. And Bugs Bunny sacrifices himself after. I don't understand LeBron why Bugs Bunny had to do the glitch move. Well, so I think it came down to, and it was very obvious. I knew this something like this was going to happen because at one point, yeah. very early in the movie, um, Bugs Bunny's not acting like Bugs Bunny. Like he's alone by himself in Toon World, and he like abducts LeBron in like this van, and he like go. He's acting more like Roger Rabbit than Bugs Bunny. And he like destroy like destroys a bunch of buildings and dynamite and like almost dies. Uh, and he's like, I'm a tune. I can survive anything. And then we find out like there was a glitch early on in the movie in the game where if you did LeBron's signature move, it crashed the game and whoever did the move got deleted. So LeBron's like, I need to save you, my son, and I need to save the tunes and I need to save the world. So I'm going to sacrifice myself. And then Bugs Bunny who's been kind of a dick the whole movie decides, no, I'm going to do it. And then it's immediately undercut as like, dude, I always knew I was going to survive. I'm a tune. I could survive anything. Yeah. Um, did you notice that Don Cheeto looked like Wesley Snipes when he got all roided out at the end? A little bit. Oh, so I was going to say that father son moment between Don and LeBron, um, you know, the emotional climax of the movie. I actually thought that that was surprisingly good. For the I thought so movie. too. I thought that was actually well acted and everything. That yeah. was the best part. Cause I thought overall LeBron was like terrible as an actor. I, I agree with what you said about the character. Like, okay, we understand what his character is going to be. He's kind of a dick and he needs to learn to be a better father. I I, I'm on board with you on that, but I thought he was over the top and cheesy the entire movie. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he was that different from Michael Jordan in the original, but I just, I think maybe Michael Jordan's a little bit more charismatic or he had a little bit more to do or his supporting characters were a little bit better. I don't, I don't really put any of this on LeBron to be honest. So the thing is Michael Jordan hadn't acted in anything else. Like he'd done some commercials and stuff for, you know, the products he endorses. Mm -hmm. LeBron has been in a couple of movies and also he's the greatest actor on the NBA court with all his fucking (laughs) flopping he does. (laughs) <laughs> so like I expected I honestly expected a little bit more from him on an acting standpoint and also the fact that this has been in development forever at one point Justin sure. Lin was going to direct it and he ended up just producing it Ryan Coogler was going to direct it and then he ended up just producing it um, been interesting. 
Yeah, so it's um, like they had a lot of talent behind the camera and the writers and everything, and it's just like nothing really came together. Yeah, and you know sometimes that happens. Sometimes shit just doesn't work. Uh, speaking of Michael Jordan, um, Michael B. Jordan. So they they tease the Michael Jordan cameo at the end where he kind of they're like, oh, Michael Jordan's here, or somebody somebody hi- uh, got him out of the crowd. I think. Yeah, it was Daffy um, Duck. Yeah, Daffy Duck finds Michael Jordan in the crowd and brings him in, and they they're building up this whole moment where like, oh man, Mike is going to come in and give a halftime speech, and it's going to be incredible. And then, oh, it's Michael B. Jordan, ha yeah. ha ha. And that mo- moment really fucking rubbed me the wrong way because I think it, I thought it was like ironic for how much of a uh, a tease it was like the movie would have been better if michael jordan was in it that's yeah. how i felt about the whole movie it's all missed opportunities well, and like to earlier i said like they were never they would never say if this was a sequel or a reboot because i don't think they wanted to paint themselves on a corner or anything and there were only like two subtle knots there were at one point bugs bunny says this sounds familiar after lebron tells him like why he's there right and then the fact that they're like, oh, Michael Jordan's here. And they're like, dude, that doesn't even look like Michael Jordan. And then Daffy's like, well, it was 25 years ago. Yeah, I, f- I feel like they shouldn't have done the little uh, nod that uh, Bugs made or the Daffy one. Yeah. Because um, then at the end of the movie, I'm like, well, where is Michael Jordan? Why like, don't the characters talk about having to do this see, again? If like, they were going to do a Michael Jordan, and I'm sure Michael Jordan just didn't want to do it or they would have had to pay him too much. But I think that's the only way that would have paid off is if they're like, Hey guys, there's somebody who wants to talk to us. And then Michael Jordan comes in and yeah. was like, gives them a pep talk. And it could have been interesting that because they moved from the real, the tune world to the server verse, that maybe they forgot that they had this like big game that they've done this before. But like the Monstars little alien dudes pop They're up there. and they seem to be rooting for the bad guys, which yeah. is weird. Yeah. Because by the end of the original Space Jam, they were like, they wanted to just hang out with the Looney Tunes and stay. Yeah. I feel like I could talk about how much uh, I didn't like about this for no, it's, hour, but I think we should probably wrap no, it up. No, we should wrap it up. This movie was not good. I don't. I did not enjoy it. I was looking at my, my phone the entire time. How much longer is this? this I didn't uh, enjoy it. I will say this movie had um, a real uh, Thanos moment where I was wondering after they snapped up all of these people to go watch the game in VR, how many of them were like pilots or, <laughs> or and ended up, you know, killing people. Um, yeah, man, it was, it was a real mess. Uh, I, oh, I was, I was also going to say the last scene of the movie is LeBron and 2D Bugs Bunny in the real world. Yeah. And I genuinely enjoyed those, uh, 90 seconds more than the rest of the movie. And I wish that that's what the movie was like. Yeah. I kind of want to go back and watch Looney Tunes back in action. Cause I've seen a lot of articles. I haven't read any, but I've seen a lot of headlines like Looney Tunes back in action deserves the praise that Space Jam gets. <laughs> and I haven't seen it in like, since it came out. So I'm, I kind of want to go back and watch that one, not do well, an episode re- or anything on it, but just like yeah, report back to me because I don't yeah. know if I have the, the um, investment. To the do that. only thing I, I do want to get close this off with one thing that I did legitimately find funny um, is uh, I, I forgot about this character Gossamer, who's like the big fur- furry red guy. Yeah, yeah um, but he's in the video game that LeBron's playing at the beginning of the movie, which is the Bugs Bunny Game Boy game that I actually had oh, cool. and was one of my favorite Game Boy games. I forgot That's all awesome. about it until he was playing it. But Gossamer is in this one and he's not in the original one. But there's a scene where they're um, in the game or no, in the practice. Elmer Fudd goes and rips Gossamer's fur off and puts it <laughs> on his face to impersonate uh, Yosemite Sam. And I did legitimately laugh at that. I thought that was there's, actually pretty funny. Yeah, there's a few uh good like looney tunes moments and yeah it feels like those have nothing to do with 
the writers. That's like animators that do Looney Tunes. Exactly. So I did want to end with like one positive thing. I did think that was kind of funny, but. uh... Oh, I'm going to end with a negative thing. This movie gave me like. This movie felt like an extended bit from Bo Burnham's Inside. Um, it gave oh, me like a sense that. of that was it gave me a sense of existential dread and ennui uh, afterwards that like <laughs> I legitimately could not shake for an hour or so. Um, just like the vomit of all these other characters and all this money being spent to amount to absolutely nothing with WB just like self owning itself at every turn, like legitimately made me very, very uncomfortable. I don't remember what this trope is called, but it's, it's, you probably know what it's called, but essentially like if something doesn't make sense in a movie, but then a character says this doesn't make sense, like that movie feels like they can get away with it because they acknowledged it. Like, there's an actual term in movie making for it. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, yeah it um, sounds familiar. I can't think of it. But this movie is just, just all about that. Like, they're just like, oh, yeah, this is a terrible idea. Oh, yeah, Warner Brothers sucks. Kind of thing. It's just like, why are you making a movie telling us yeah. to love all your properties, but then also telling there's, us you suck? There's a line. It's like, um, and, you know, Deadpool is something that does the same thing, and it works really well. Um, I think it's kind of like, uh, it's like porn. Like, you can't. It's harder. To, it's hard to define, but when you see it, you know it. You know it when you see it. Yeah. Um, and this is that. That's just this doesn't work, and it makes me feel uncomfortable, and it doesn't make any sense. I felt like this is like um, I think a lot about the the intersection of art and commerce when I watch movies. So I really like like Christopher Nolan, for instance. I think Christopher Nolan is doing mostly original movies on this insane scale. Yeah. Talking about Inception. Uh, Dunkirk to a certain extent. Interstellar. And, um, Tenet. Interstellar. Yeah, and Tenet, exactly. Um, and even the Batman movies, like, he's he's treating them in, an, in as artful way as I think you possibly can. Yeah. But he's also dealing with $200 million budgets and trying to appeal to the most people possible. And I think that's really interesting. That's kind of, um, that's kind of my favorite type of movie, I think. I agree. Like, no, Scor- that makes total Scorsese sense. says he does it to a certain extent, too, with some of his movies. Um, and this feels like, the absolute opposite of that, where it's trying to appeal to everybody, um, and it's it's all these different pieces of art from all these different universes and all this stuff. It's trying to incorporate all of these uh, all these different characters and IPs and stuff. And there's so much money on the screen, and it just doesn't work at all. And it's like um, it's like watching Elon Musk or Jeffrey Bezos like put all of their money into a rocket ship and send it up into the air and blow it the fuck up just because they know? can. Yeah, it's just like it's ugly and you know, uncomfortable and feels like a waste. I said I wanted to end on a positive it. note, but I totally forgot one of my biggest criticisms of this. Speedy Gonzalez being fucking racist? Yeah, that was a little weird. I mean, it was uh, Gabriel Iglesias, so it's, but know, it's still but a, a stereotype. One but Latino no. character on screen and he's yelling Ariba. Yeah. Uh, no, so one of the things I brought up early on, you know, in the first movie, talking about how iconic the jerseys are and how we still see people wearing the Toon Squad jerseys. I like the jerseys. <laughs> I fucking hated it. Like I sent you a photo. It's like all the promotion. They don't line up on the pants. Yeah. The so shirt. it's like basically it's a solid blue jersey, but like the Looney Tunes logo instead of saying Looney Tunes, of course, is like Toon Squad on it. But it like it's on the side, and it goes from the chest or the ribs down to like the knee. But like it never actually lines up. So I think like visually it looks terrible. Like even in their promotional material, they never get the jersey to line up quite right. So you can see like, oh, it's one giant image. Like it just looks a little off. I fucking hated the jerseys. <laughs> and it's a video Fuck. game. Why did LeBron need all of his compression gear? Fuck huh? this movie. Huh? Huh? Yeah. Why? Tell us where our where your, your plugs are, man. I'm on Instagram, uh <laughs> ranting like, and raving transition. about this stuff. <laughs> 
<laughs> at dyslexic dys alex ic i'm on twitter at polishi and you can follow along with the movies i'm watching on letterbox at polishi as well letterbox please endorse us and you can check out everything that's mdx pods related at mdxpods.com twitter instagram and facebook all at instagram all at Instagram, all at MDX Pods. If you want to check out what I'm watching, you can follow me on Letterboxd at MDX Mike. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash mdxpods. Uh, we've been making a real effort to get more uh, Patreon-exclusive content. We generally get something out at least once a month, but we've been trying to get something out every two or three weeks. So uh, we've done, uh, in the last couple months, we've done a Black Widow exclusive. We did Fast 9 exclusive. You get all of our episodes early, um, and we're going to continue doing that. So if you like what you hear, give us a buck. And you can get all this stuff, and it helps us pay for all the video rentals because we don't we don't pirate or steal anything. We pay for everything we watch because uh, we believe in paying artists, and you you should pay us too if you want. Yeah, we're artists technically, but uh, that's it. Thanks for listening, and Alex, take us out, man. There it is again. That funny feeling. That funny feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. That's what this movie reminds me of. Dude, is that fucking Bo Burnham song where he's like, um, the lyrics are like, you know, uh, a gift shop at the shooting range, a mass shooting at the mall. That's what this yeah, fucking movie God, makes me show, feel that, like. That special is so good. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this movie. Just one last thing. Space Jam Two should have delivered a fucking killer soundtrack, and it didn't. There's no song that's on there the that biggest, I remember. That's the biggest sin, and there's proof that. That works with Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat delivered the fucking goods, man. They knew where the they knew where the money was. Yeah, and they they knew what the expectations. Guardians were of the Galaxy. Now Guardians of the Galaxy is good, but anyway, that's it. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>